You want to be hardcore. You want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. We've got Bush. Fuck, do you like to fuck? It's just money shots, uh, chairs all over there. Those guys with bank bus think they're a good deal. Dude. My dick is small. What's up, you fucking jabronis? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm your designated host, Adam, and they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. I'm drunk. I'm old. I'm fucking tired. And I work with fucking children. And this is Scott, the man of a thousand and four drinks. You had it last time. How about last time? You you said it last time. You didn't depend on Siri. Oh, I know, but I'm just... (laughs) I, I I don't want any mistakes. But <laughs> I actually did on AI. Yeah, but I did kind of talk over it a little bit anyway. <laughs> but I'll fix that in post. <laughs> Dude, I wonder when the Terminators, if they come to kill us, they're gonna have that soundbite. <laughs> Shit, I think they can come up with something better than that. No, they'll, they'll say "fuck you, asshole." <laughs> ah, that's not as clever though. <laughs> no, it's definitely not as clever. They all hate their jobs. They'll say that when they kill CM Punk. <laughs> okay. Dear God. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode. Thank you all for joining us. And uh, definitely want to have a beverage uh, for this one. First off, make sure that you head over to whatamaneuver.net, buy those uh, Drunk Wrestling History t shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and onesies, especially for the miniature Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes that you have. Uh, Drunk wrestling history logo loud proud on the chest. You can look like a true wrestling, drunk wrestling historian. I'm fucking slurring. Maybe I should depend on Siri to do this. So. <laughs> yeah, we can. T- I can type it up for you. All right, yeah. pre- Adam, you've been it. replaced by AI. <laughs> Great. So you're saying that AI could do a better roast than I can, or <laughs> it can't? No, I tried. I tried. <laughs> it, won't, it, it won't say anything rude um <laughs> you can make it it'll it'll write jokes but it, you know it's like dad jokes yeah we I mean, it'll be like why did, joke, it'll be like why did right back cross the road you know shit like that although that could be fun I'm, <laughs> I'm now wondering why did right back cross the road to get to the other side duh Oh, I was figuring it was something more stupid than he is because he's been running his mouth lately. How are you going to be more stupid than him? Uh, that's true. That's yeah. a very valid point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. That'll be a tall order. Anyways, uh, head to whatamaneuver.net and buy a fucking shirt. Buy a fucking tank top, too. That's right. Sun's out, guns out. That's right. And what do we have to drink? Oh, you should see what I have going on over here, dude. It looks like a fucking frat house. I've got, because tonight's a celebration. You haven't gotten into what we're, uh, well, anyone who read the description knows what we're talking about, but you haven't said it yet, but we're celebrating tonight. We're celebrating a couple things. 
But so I'm starting with a shot of my celebration Irish whiskey, silky, that um, smoky one I got last year for myself for my birthday. Um, I think I might be down to one or two shots left in that bottle. The bottle's almost empty, but it's lasted me almost a year. Um, so I'm gonna do that shot in just a second. My main drink is a Negroni. It's not a typical Negroni because I didn't have any vermouth. Uh, normal uh, Negroni is equal parts Campari, gin, and vermouth. Instead of vermouth, I used um, Amaro, and uh, it's just as good. I, am, I actually might like it better. And on deck for when that's gone, because I don't want to have to get up, is I have my Los Guerrero beer that you brought over uh, on Sunday, Adam. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Eddie, did you pick Negroni because it rhymes with jabroni? Oh my God, that's cheap. Well, that's what it's called from now on, a jabroni. Uh, it's a no, jabroni now. It, it was kind of just what I had in the house. You know, it was like what I could mix. I went down, Carissa wanted some gin and I was down there and I saw that we had Campari. I was like, shit, I'm like one thing short of making a Negroni. And I kind of started looking around because I have a lot of bottles in that cabinet. And I saw the Amara, I was like, boom, Negroni. So jabroni. no, nothing to do with rhyming with, yeah, uh, jabroni. <laughs> yeah, nothing to do yeah. with rhyming with it. It was just what I could make. It's officially renamed. And Adam, I want to thank you as well. You dropped off some Los Guerreros for me. So cheers to you. That's what I'm drinking tonight. Well, I am. Cheers to you guys. Salud. Yeah. Thank you. So I think uh, we've determined that uh, th this is the Los Guerreros uh, Mexican Lager from Alasta Brewing in mm -hmm. Copina, California. I believe it's a seasonal beer. So, uh, and like when uh, you two were having your last cans uh, earlier in the year and wondering, oh God, they're sold out. They're not so. They're not selling it anymore. It's seasonal, so we could all calm down. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Good. No to know. need to stress yeah. anymore. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do like a trip down there yearly to pick up a bunch, and maybe we get lucky and steal Panther plays every May or something. That would be so badass. Right. Too. Yeah, I know. I'm hoping they play there like early next year for your birthday. Like that's your fucking birthday trip, a steel Panther at the whiskey. That would be tits. I, yeah. Yeah. That would be like a 50th birthday dream for me. Yeah. Well, dicks crossed. <laughs> Next Disneyland trip, which is inevitable. I'll see what I yeah. can do. And right. then <laughs> I have some Manzanita Soul Apple. That shit is so good, dude. Is it good? I've ne it's never had it before. So I haven't right. either. Yeah. I'm kind of oh, curious. Dude, it's incredible. If you like apple, I mean, yeah, I love oh, it. I love apple. It's I used, like one of my favorite fruits. I used to drink it all the time. Next to Pat Patterson. Oh. Damn. <laughs> what? I love what? Pat Patterson. <laughs> We're honoring someone else. Yes, we are. You are correct. <laughs> all right. Who, which, which of my friends do I have to text them to ask if that, that joke's okay to leave in? because <laughs> i texted chow about the fuji joke from a couple years ago yeah we have fucking joke spotters yeah right right dude is this one okay <laughs> he was like well not in. he was like well not for three white guys i was like well adam's half filipino what do you think <laughs> it'll be fine yeah okay, you're so like half mexican or something so yeah I, oh i can make any mexican joke i want exactly yeah, we yeah. can cast a pretty wide net when it comes to jokes that's true that's true yeah um, okay, Eddie, so before, away. before we get going, a couple quick things. Um, the first one is, I've been meaning to mention this for weeks. Everybody, if you have not read the article yet, um, SE Scoops did an article about us. Um, our buddy Tyrese hit me up on Twitter, asked if we'd be interested in doing an article. Well, he does an article um, about uh, content creators. 
And he said he'd heard the show, he liked it, and he wanted to put us on, on the website. So we did like a Zoom, some other app, but a Zoom type thing with him, an interview. It was like, went over like an hour. Um, he posted that. That's on the website. It's also on YouTube. Um, so I'm sure if you go to YouTube and type in Drunk Wrestling History SE Scoops, it'll come up. Um, but the article was really good. We were really happy with how it came out. Um, he did a great job. If you want to read it, go to our Twitter, and it's my pinned tweet, the link to it. And uh, like I said, the video's embedded in there. But um, if you want to watch it on YouTube instead of in a browser, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, check it out. It was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, and it was like, we were like, whoa, like Drunk Wrestling History is going mainstream. Yeah, pretty much. You know? And I love that um, he put really good pictures of Adam and I in the article. He did. Yeah, the pictures of you two were perfect. Yeah, they were fantastic. Yes, they were absolutely perfect. Yeah, none of you didn't put any pictures of me. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he put three pictures. One was the three of us together on our first recording. And then there was one of each of you and the one of me he didn't use. <laughs> I think it might have been because mine was framed. Uh, hor it was horizontal, you know, and it would have looked weird on the website. Or but he really likes our listeners and he's doing them a favor. It's one of the two. Yeah, it's right. one of the two. Or either way, your manscaped dick was out. Either way is totally fair. <laughs> um, it's so Tyrese, by the way. The next one, um, really quickly, and then I have one last thing, which, like I said, we're celebrating tonight and we have uh, something to celebrate. But really quickly... Listeners in other countries, hello and thank you for listening to our friends in the UK, Canada, Germany, Ireland, New Zealand, Mexico, Netherlands, Australia, Japan, and Singapore. And that one dude in India is just gone. And in, I, guess we're, just, yeah, I guess we're just not going to hear from him anymore. He moved. Um, another thing, quickly, um, well, I'll get to that in a second. Um, well, I'll, I'll start with that. Um, it, I discovered from a third-party website that a couple people have left us comments and i always read the comments that people leave on apple and for whatever reason they don't come up on the apple app i don't know if other people can see them and i can't or what but they're like both over like a year old i think both dudes were in england if i remember right but i could be wrong at least one of them is but i think they were both in england and i meant to i copied them somewhere and i can't find them so i'll get to those next time um but if if uh, you're listening, I didn't ignore you. I just didn't know it was there. And also something related to that. If I if you guys ever leave us comments on TikTok and I don't respond, the TikTok comments display in a really weird way. So a lot of times I don't see them. So I'm not ignoring anybody on TikTok. It's just the way they come up sometimes. So what so, you're saying is you're, you're not big timing people. I'm not big timing anybody. No, like I want to, you know, put people over. I mean, not everybody who leaves me uh, uh comment on TikTok, I'm going to mention, but I'm going to respond, I'll respond to them. But the two posts, uh, the two reviews, I, I do want to read those and I lost the note, but I'll get it. I'll get it next time. But uh, yeah, if you're one of those two guys who left us a review like a year ago and are wondering why we never read it, that's why, because it just never showed up. Yeah. We still have at least another two years or so before we can start big timing people. There's still a ways well, to go. Well, you know what? What I'm going to read next might change your mind. Uh, well, hey, let's oh, hit boy. the fast forward button. Yeah. So... There's a website called Chartable, and what it does is I registered the web, I registered the podcast with it years ago, and I would look at it on occasion, and we would typically be around, so it ranks wrestling podcasts by downloads. We'd typically be around 200, like sometimes we'd be out of the 200, sometimes we'd be like 180, you know, I think a couple times we got around, around 150, and I kind of just stopped following it. I was like, oh, whatever. You know, we're always in this general That's range. That's our range. That's all I really need to know. Well... Day before yesterday, I got an email from him, and our downloads have been way up the last several months. Um, I think Meanie, 
tweeting us um, the downloads for that Cow Palace episode went crazy. So I think that's part of it. And that article from SE Scoops helped. But we also flyer the shit out of WrestleMania. So whatever. Our downloads have been really good lately. So I was like, oh, I'll check, the, check in on this and uh, see what number we're at. So it fluctuates day to day. So I looked at it yesterday. So as of yesterday, and this is why we're celebrating, we're celebrating our listeners for being so awesome and listening so uh, loyally. Um, we are number 66 on the wrestling podcast chart. Wow. So we have this Woo. number 66 as of yesterday. You know, it's a different number today, possibly. But as of yesterday, we were the 66th most listened to wrestling podcast. Damn. Which blew me away. Jump. I mean, we're That's in the, awesome. you know what I mean? I didn't think there's we'd ever. There's so many, too. There are so many, because even the website um, tracks the top 250, you know? So I couldn't believe it. So um, uh, to put uh, put ourselves over and to put our listeners over, I wrote down which notable podcasts are ranked lower than ours. <laughs> and I think, and I want to read it because it's, it's pretty funny. There are some funny ones on there. Please um, tell me we're higher than Ryback. Well, you'll see when we get to the, I'll, I'll go through the list. Um, and I'm going to start in order. So these are, I didn't write down what numbers they are, but I'm, they're in order of where they fall on the list starting after us. So <clears throat> we are ahead of the first one that comes up is Shut Up and Wrestle with Brian Solomon, which is part of the Arcadian Vanguard um, podcast network, which Brian Last, I believe, owns it. Brian Last, who's Cornette's co-host. Right. So that one shocked me because he promotes the shit out of that every Cornette episode. Cornette has the number one and number three podcast. So that's how many people are hearing those plugs, but more people are listening to us than that. See, Brian Last should start putting us over. <laughs> he should. <laughs> then we'll be like number four right behind Cornette. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. And I forget who's two. It might be fucking... I can't remember. It might be... Oh, um, Pritchard. It's Pritchard. Okay. Um, okay. Um, the next one that's behind us, Taskmaster Talks with Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> Your favorite. Yeah, my favorite. Um, Cole Cabana, but he hasn't put up a show in a couple months, so that doesn't really count. It was just kind of funny, so I wrote it down. The godfather um, of wrestling podcasts, I might add. You're right. The guy, the OG. Yeah. Yeah, the guy who started it all. Um, Sabu Speaks. So we have more listeners. Sabu. Um, the next one is The Ryback Show. There it is. We beat nice. Ryback. We have more listeners than Ryback. <laughs> um, <laughs> we shut shocked his ass. We're co I'm coming off as such a douche, too. I'm just like spending 10 minutes at the beginning of this saying how great we are. But really, I'm saying how great the listeners are. It's not us. It's them. Yeah, because without them, like, we're not even in the top 250. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, the next one is She's Up Here with Francine. Hmm. After that, we have Fully Posable. I don't know what that one is. I've never heard of that. Um, I don't know. I might go check it out, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How does that get into the wrestling podcast, though? Well, because it's listed under... Because uh, Jeff must have listed it under wrestling podcasts. I mean, it's a How wrestling weird. podcast. You talk about wrestling figures. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talk about the toys, but it's not a... Re we don't well, talk don't, about wrestling, per se. Yeah, but I don't think they have a figure chart. Uh, no, but they, it would Do be, they? like, under, like, hobbies or... Something like that. It shouldn't be under wrestling. But I don't hey, know, dude. Look, if we're in the top 250 and we're not even a wrestling figure podcast or a wrestling podcast, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Talk to Tim Apple. He'll fix it. Yeah, I mean, wrestling <laughs> had to be put in there as one of the keywords for what the type of podcast is, which, I mean, okay. it, should, it should be. I would I would have put that as one of those. I'll have to speak um, to a manager. The next one is taking you to school with Dr. Tom Pritchard. Then we have Breaking Kayfabe with Baldrin and Barry, which is another Arcadian Vanguard one. Um, then we have Cafe de Renee with Renee Dupree, which who knew he did a podcast? 
Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Then, then um, after that is Denise Salcedo, which shocked me because she's a big enough deal that she gets into these fucking AEW media scrums. You know what I mean? Like she actually interacts with these people and shit and somehow has way less downloads than us. Um, That's weird. Hmm. Yeah, I was like, they should fucking let us into one of these media scrums then. You know, let me come and let me come and ask some questions. Let the drunks in. Yeah, problem is none of us are as hot as her, so you know. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have bigger tits? Um <laughs> I'm working on it, Adam. Yeah, we might. We might. Um then the next one, Brian Hebner. And then Sean Mooney. And the last notable one is Effie. Oh. So okay. those are all the people that you guys, the listeners, have put us ahead of. And thank you for listening to the show. And like I said, it's a celebration and we're getting into the next part of the celebration right now. And I'm doing my shot of a uh, whiskey right now while Adam uh, intros it. Well, then I will do a sip of beer with you. Salute. Absolutely. Because we lost a legend. Uh, I think by the time you're hearing this, it's probably now two weeks. May have lost a legend, but no, no, I'm gonna put this up this week. It'll be about a week. Okay. Then about a week. But this is a celebration of life for this week's episode. Uh, we are dedicating this to Hossein Khosro Ali Vaziri, but you know him better as the Iron Sheik. And thank you for using his real name. Um, that was great. Um, and I think you pronounce it better than I would have anyway. He didn't massacre it. <laughs> no, it was great. It was really good. Um, yeah, so exactly like Adam said, we're talking about the iron, we're celebrating the life of the Iron Sheik. And it's the only way to do it. It's not a funeral. This is, it's not going to be a sad episode. It's going to be a straight celebration. We're going to get drunk and we're going to tell Sheik stories. For, right. I think first question, how are you two doing? That's a great question, Adam. It was, you know, the day, was it last Thursday? Whatever day it was last week. I want to say it was Thursday, but whatever day it was, it was, it was a rough day. Um... It, it was one of those ones that comes at you kind of hard. Like, and you don't really think about it. You know, he's old and you know, he's had health issues, but the motherfucker lived to be 81. You know, if you make it to 81, even if you're healthy, that's pretty good. So that's a good life. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, that's older than my grandpa didn't make it to 81. He was like 78 or something. Um, so with all the shit she put himself through to get that far, you know, um, it was pretty good. But yeah, it was. It, it was one of those ones, you know, every once in a while you get a wrestling death or a celebrity death in general, but particularly wrestling where it just kind of hits you. You're like, damn, dude, like that really fucked my day up. And I'm really fucking sad about this one. And that's how this one was. Yeah. We had just recently lost superstar Billy Graham and you know, yeah, you lost a legend that sucks, but there are certain guys that as you were growing up, they had a huge impact on your childhood. Mm -hmm. Like we literally grew up watching the Iron Sheik. He became almost like a superhero or in the Sheik's case, a supervillain. Supervillain, yeah. Super and you you loved watching him every Saturday morning, whether it was on WWF Superstars or if it was on Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling cartoon. The Sheik was all over television, one of the most colorful characters. And because of that, you almost, you kind of grow an attachment to them, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like we did with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Kind of like we did with the great Dusty Rhodes and Rowdy Roddy Piper. The list goes on. Macho Man Randy Savage. I would put Sheik's death up there with those guys. Probably closer to Macho Man because I'll still remember where I was when I got that text from you, Eddie, that told me that Macho Man had passed. And it literally fucked up the rest of my day. I was not, yeah. 
I was not in a good place. Like I was super sad and just, just super down. And I can really equate hearing about the Sheik's death to that. And what sucks is we were slammed that day. I mean, it was super busy at work. And I had text message after text message coming in. Right, your phone starts going crazy. And I'm like, oh, fuck, because they're all coming in at the same time. So something, either there's like a new toy that hit or someone passed away. And sure as shit, check the text message. And it, it literally did the same thing that Macho Man did. It just fucked up the rest of my day. Still haven't really recovered from it. Still can't believe that he's not here anymore. And it sucks, but we're not here to be sad about it. We are here to celebrate his life. Yeah, totally. And I was the same way. It was a really hard one, and it's one of those ones. I completely agree. I remember exactly where I was when I heard about Macho Man. I remember exactly where I was when I heard about Brain. Um, Mean Gene was a really rough one. Um, Pat Patterson, I remember really well. Uh, Gene Mean. Gene Mean. Um, And Sheik's going to be one of those ones, too. And, like, you know, I don't really remember a lot of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, I remember where I was, like, when my grandparents died, and that was kind of... I found out my grandma died right after um, unclogging your upstairs toilet in, in Peyton's bathroom. Um, oh, which was a great way to start my morning. Thank you for not leaving it. Yeah, no. And there was no plunger up there. I had to go downstairs, get the plunger, plunge the toilet, rinse the thing off in the, in the bathtub, I think, take it back downstairs. <laughs> and then I go to, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back to sleep. Cause it's like eight in the morning and I've been drinking the night before. And then I get the text and I was like, well, I'm up now. Now um, you're up. So yeah, but, um, chic was actually probably harder or worse, you know? Wow, but, that um, is saying something, dude. Yeah, it and, was harder on you losing the Sheik than an actual family member. Well, because I knew she was dying. You know what I mean? Or I kind of sort of expected it. With Sheik, it was a different story. It just came, boom, out of the blue. It was, um, entirely. Yeah, there was no warning of, like, he's in the hospital, he's in poor health. Yeah. Let's start saying prayers for Sheik. It was just, boom, Sheik has passed away. And I thought about it the last couple of days, and I think this might be the last one like that. Maybe until Hogan. You know what I mean? Because they're all gone. All those guys who would have that, you know... Flair. Oh, Flair. Okay, so Flair and Hogan are kind of the only ones that are really left, I, it, for me anyway, you know? In that kind of eight, like, getting up there into that age range, you mean? Well, I, I mean, or no, like the guys from my childhood that I grew up watching. Oh, 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 gotcha. Like, okay. Bruce Beefcake okay. dies, it's going to suck, but it's not going to be like this, you know? It won't, it, no, it will not hit you like yeah, this. Yeah, I think Flair is, yeah, I think Flair and Hogan are the last two. Okay, well, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, because I know we're going to get into this, but yes. we know that the Sheik's Twitter... It really, it extended his his legend status and maybe opened him up to a whole new world of fans that he didn't have before when he absolutely. was Absolutely. It absolutely did that, yes. Okay, so... So... Uh, go ahead. I was going to say yes. I'm definitely planning to get into that. Okay. Well, we'll just wait. Let, let's get into that part and then... Okay, let's get into I'll, his I'll background. Ask, I'll, I'll get the question later. Okay, let's get into his background for the people who don't really know as much about him, you know, as right. they, as they should. Um, like Adam said, his name is Hussein Khosrow Ali Daveri. He's born in 1942 in Iran. Um, he was just a natural athlete from the start. He started wrestling when he was 14. Um, and wrestling in Iran at the time was huge. It was like the biggest sport over there. You know, it was like right there. I'm sure soccer was number two. There was, um, uh, there was some YouTube video I was watching, like his life profile. And I could totally agree like boxing or combat sports or even just participating in the conditioning of it is yes. like you are you're uh like that much more manly or that much earning you got uh, that much more societal respect yes yes exactly right yeah you're totally right 
Um, so he joined the army when he was 18. He wrestled there and he was the top guy um, there. He was first place in the army in wrestling for two years. And that got him uh, atten- the attention of the Shah of Iran. And he ended up being a bodyguard for him. He wasn't the bodyguard to follow him around. He was the bodyguard in a particular part of Iran, you know, where Sheik was based. But if that guy came there, you know, it's kind of like how WWE would have a ring announcer for Northern California. Uh, Sheik was the bodyguard for that part of the country. So, and there's picture, you know, for years I was like, oh, is this even true? You know what I mean? Because you never, don't ever trust anything an old school wrestler says. But there's pictures out there of him. The two of them, like, side, you know, him behind the guy. Um, so it's totally legit. Um, so Sheik wrestled with a guy named uh, Golem Reza Takti. And I hope I said his first name right. Um, and if not, our Iranian listeners can correct me. <laughs> And this guy was a huge star on an international level. He was in four Olympics, and he won the gold at the 56 Olympics in Melbourne. And a sheik trained with him. So this kind of, this relationship with this guy sort of, kind of was a major part of the way uh, sheik's life turned out. Um, So this dude was like the biggest star in Iran. He was more over than anyone, right? Um, He was more over than the Shah with the Iranian people. And the Shah, whenever they would come back from wrestling tournaments from the Olympics or whatever, he would always ask him, like, what do you want? Do you want me to give you a house? Do you want me to give you a car? And Takti said, why don't you take that money and put it into the country? Why don't you build a road? You know, build this bridge, stuff like that. Well, the Shah was pissed because he was insulted. Like, you like, you know, turned your nose up at my gift and you're kind of criticizing the way I'm running the fucking country. Um, So fuck you. Takti turns up dead after that not long after that and it was officially ruled a suicide but everyone thought that the shah had him whacked um like there were protests like the students in the you know the uh, university students in iran protested it and everything is just like the biggest you know it would be like if um i don't know like jay-z turned up fucking assassinated by the president you know or some, I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to think of who's the biggest, Damn. most or, famous person, or, or The Rock. Like, if, or, the, if, the, if suddenly, if, Joe, if it, some, if somebody disagreed with Vladimir Putin, suddenly, well, it would be, it would be like would if happen. The Rock supposedly killed himself, and everybody thought Joe Biden had him assassinated. You know what I mean? Like, it would be insane. So that's what happened. Um, so Sheik's life was crazy the whole time. You know, this is very early on. He was young. Um, so Sheik said, I'm getting the fuck out of here because I'm next probably because I'm friends with the guy. So he fled. Um, he gets the fuck out of there. He goes to the Minnesota, as he refers to the it. The Minnesota, yes. The Minnesota. Um, so he comes here and what's he know how to do? He knows how to wrestle. Minnesota's the place for it. Wrestling is huge there. Um, which I assume, well, he ended, he ended up in New York, but he had a friend, he had a friend in New York, but he had other friends in, in Minnesota. So he came in through New York, landed up in Minnesota because he had friends there, but it happened to be the place where wrestling is huge. Um, amateur wrestling. So he ended up wrestling as an amateur. He won a gold medal on the 71 AAU national championships. Now he walked around with that gold medal the la- the later part of his life. And I always thought that was a fake gold, gold medal. Cause he'd be talking about being in the Olympics. Um, but I did see some clips where he said it was AAU gold medal. And if you you can look that up, that's true. He did win that. Um, and with that credential, he became the assistant coach to the U.S. Olympic team, um, who were four-time AAU champs. And that got the attention of Vern Gagne, who was big on guys who were shooters. And that's kind of where everything took off from there when he, when he met Vern. 
Vern of uh, AWA fame. Vern Gagne, yeah, the guy who ran AWA, the dude who was constantly champion, um, who ran AWA for 25, 30 years. Right. Yeah. Who had actually, he actually geographically had the biggest promotion of the country. Yeah. And Minnesota, um, if I'm not mistaken, Minnesota was the birthplace of a, uh, the AWA, correct? It was. Yeah, yeah. Vern was, fr- I think Vern was from Minnesota originally, but he got into wrestling there. And that's a whole other story for another episode we have coming up, actually, um, later this summer. But um, yeah, so that's where, that's it was based in Minneapolis, you know. Um, so check out the class he was, do you know the class he was in? In his for in his training camp in Vern's training camp. Nope. It was him, Flair, um, um, Jim Brunzel, and Greg Gagne in the class of 1973. Wow. Yeah. So she trained with Flair and even Brunzel. Like I know Brunzel never became a household name or anything like that, but you know he had some pretty he had a decent level of success. And Greg Gagne was, you know, being groomed to be the top guy in AWA, which he shouldn't have been ever. But yeah. um. Agreed. Yeah, he, he never should have been. If, if Greg Gagne had decided he didn't want to wrestle, Hogan probably would have been AWA champ. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and the, the wrestling world as we know it would be would be totally different. That's a great what if episode right there. Well, we sort of have the one about if Sheik broke Hogan's leg. Yes, correct. It's almost a little too, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And make sure uh, that you check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. So, like I said, Sheik was a legit badass, right? He could really fuck. Because, you know, a wrestler, an amateur wrestler can fuck you up. Right. You know, they're combat. It's a combat sport. They're athletes. Like, they're, it's a martial art, basically. You know, Um, it's the original MMA. Um, So, this is a guy who can fuck your ass up if he wants to. And he said, um, I watched his documentary, and he said he kind of had a bad reputation because of that. But he never took advantage of anyone. You know, he never did anything to earn the reputation he had. But guys, sometimes guys didn't want to work with him because they were worried. You know, they were worried he'd take advantage of them. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall ever hearing stories where she took advantage of somebody in the ring. Or like in Haku's case where he punched out somebody's eyeball. Like I've never heard stories <laughs> of Sheik going crazy on somebody like in public, for example. No, not until later. But those were like verbal conflicts you know what i mean yeah, yeah i'm talking um, no, like I'm, physical where he would have earned that reputation as being like physical i haven't seen anything no no, yeah, ne- no. never i've never heard a story of him doing something like that right um right at all yeah um but he just but people knew you know what i mean people, people knew that he could fuck him up if he wanted to he had that um, he had that and i uh, guess it's yeah and when you're a wrestler you're kind of there's a there's a bit of vulnerability in that, right? Like you are trusting the guy not to do something to you that you don't want him to. Right, right, right. So I guess if like if you don't know the guy, if you don't trust him, I could see how you could, especially back in the day, you know, back in the day, guys would uh, try and pull shit all the time. You know, the 70s was a couple decades past that, but it was uh, fresh in a lot of people's memories, you know. Hmm. Um, and he had a, he was cool early on. Um, he was cool because he had a unique style. He had, he did the gut wrenches and the double undercooks and that was because of his background, but he was also one of the first big strong shooters. Like look at Luthez. Luthez was a badass, but he didn't look like it. You know what I mean? He didn't right. look particularly imposing or strong or Vern was the same way. Vern could kick your ass, but he didn't look like a tough guy. Right. She actually but had the physique to back all that up. He was kind of like the original Kurt Angle. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, right. He was the guy who looked like a bad motherfucker and was a bad motherfucker. You know, that's kind of how Sheik was. So, right, you know, like it, I don't 
to my knowledge, nobody was ever like that. Maybe in the early, early days when they were legit, you know, like Farmer Burns and shit. But, you know, in, in his era, nobody really had that thing, you know, where he was like, uh, uh, you know, he could really fuck you up and look the part. Right. Um. So he wrestled as Ali Vaziri early on and he did like an all-American gimmick. He would wear like American colors, like the American flag colors. He wore a singlet because he had been assistant coach to the Olympic team. Right. Um, and that's what he always, whenever you hear him in an interview talking about, he went to the Olympics. That's what he's talking about. He was an assistant coach. He wasn't in the Olympics. Um, and he came up with the chic gimmick, not the name, but the gimmick when Vern's wife suggested he lean into being Iranian and she suggested he be a chic. And he was kind of off to the races at that point. He named himself Sheik Hussein Arab. He grew the mustache. He got the headdress, you know, the, the, uh, kifye. And he was a total natural. He was like the easiest character to work as a heel at this time. Um, because Iran was the biggest heel country in the world in the late seventies. Right. Because I, Adam, I don't know if you know this cause you're way too young. I mean, it was, I was, oh, Scott, you were like almost in your twenties. I was one. Um, I actually have a funny story about this, but go ahead. Okay. Well, so in 79, the Iranian hostage crisis happened. And um, this is right after the Iranian revolution had happened, where the people overthrew the Shah's monarchy and the Ayatollah took over. And it was basically what happened was the people in Iran lost their fucking minds um, and installed the theocratic government, which wrecked the country for the next 40 years and counting, you know, it's still she Iran used to be a pretty cool country, but it's been fucked up since 1979 because of this. Um, and they took a bunch of American hostages and this <laughs> this is when Sheik decides to start waving an Iranian flag around, right? When Boom. this is the biggest news story in the world. Instant heat. And here and here comes Sheik with the fucking Iranian flag. So to your point about the hostilities between the US and Iran, in nineteen eighty four, LJN produced the first line of WWF action figures. Mm-hmm. My mom bought us a shit ton of them. However, there was one that was missing from our collection. You're kidding. Oh boy. Because mom would not buy us an action figure that because the Sheik was presented in his blue pants or tights, whatever. Right. His blue pants that had Iran down the side. Mom would oh, not said buy Iran, us. Yeah. Yes. Mom would not buy us an action figure that had that name on the pants. So Jeff and I had to use our own money. Now it's not a huge amount of money we had to spend, but she was okay with buying Nikolai Volkov who had a red USSR shirt, but she was not okay with purchasing the Iron Sheik who had Iran on his pants. Therefore, that was the one of the first figures that Jeff and I ever bought with our own money. Because so would you have to like mow, you have to like mow the lawn? No, we would. Hey dad, could we have like eight bucks? Oh, so you had to just go ask your dad for money. <laughs> Was the other parent? Yeah. <laughs> Classic tactic. You swerved on your mom. Yeah, totally. But yeah, That's no, it, li- that feeds into your your thing about the the hostilities with the U.S. and Iran. Sheik was totally hitting the iron while it was hot right there. Totally, yeah. And he would come out and wave that flag around. And, you know, he was famous for Iran, number one, USA. Ha! Right. That was his whole. That was that was his catchphrase. He might have been the first guy with the catchphrase, and it was that. Right. And today, that might not get like nuclear heat, but when you're talking late seventies, early eighties, oh, dude, you're the biggest fucking heel on the roster. And he's clearly Iranian. You know what I mean? Like, yes. if you're even kind of smart to what's going on, like you can, you know what I mean? He's obviously not um, some American guy pretending to be Iranian, right? Or right. Or like a that. white guy he's pretending real. to be he Russian, could... like Nikita Koloff. 
Uh, exactly. Yeah, he could come do a promo and speak Farsi. Right. Exactly. You know, so you totally bought into it. Um, I'm going to get back to that uh, Nikolai Volkov thing in a bit because I'm fascinated by your mom. Um, <laughs> we got a but, taste so, of that when the Un-Americans came about like less than a year after 9-11. But I would have, even though like they're Canadians just being un-American, this is truly this was shit. serious this was serious Be, yeah. shit canada because, didn't have because it's like he's literally siding with the enemy yeah right canada wasn't the enemy they were just like They're, they were canada's just sort of like your um, unsupportive canada's yeah. like would be at, at worst like the rival sports team you know what i mean yes yeah. yes you know yeah like i mean I, the majority of americans are but fucking love canada i love canadians you know we get along fine in the middle of the ring <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. come waving a Canadian flag around is, yeah, that, that's going to get you heat. I got heat for waving an American flag when I went to WrestleMania 18, actually. Oh, wow. I pulled it out. Yeah, I brought it with me, and I pulled it out during the show, I think, when Hogan came out, maybe, and I got booed for it. You know? <laughs> um, but, it was friend, but it was friendly. You know what I mean? It was the way you would boo the other team, like I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, this was serious, and it's one of those things that goes back decades even prior to this where nothing works better than a foreign heel yes especially when the other country has heat right because you could come out and be like the evil like like ludwig borga right we got along fine with finland a lot of people don't even never even heard of finland but you still hate him because he's the evil heel uh shitting on america right but when it's an enemy country so like um you know fritz von eric was um i don't do you know this scott that fritz you know that's not his real name uh german right well, he was, I don't know what his real um, ethnicity is, but he's, his real name was Jack Adkison. Right, right, right. That's right, right. not his real name, but he came out and did like a German gimmick yeah, yeah, in yeah. 1953, which he's, he's trying to sell tickets to a bunch of guys who came back from the war in Europe. <laughs> and he's acted like an evil German. He and Waldo, was, you know, his brother Waldo. And um, they did the same thing with Fuji and uh, Professor Tanaka. They were like the evil Japanese guys who were only a you know, decade or so after the war in the Pacific. And they were huge on the West Coast, partly because of that, because a lot of guys, a lot of people on the West Coast had friends or family who had been in the war in the Pacific. And these guys show up, you know, the evil Japanese guys, right. even though they were both they were both born in fucking Hawaii. <laughs> but, you know, they did that gimmick and it worked great. So it worked great for Sheik as well. Um, and it took balls. I mean, it took huge balls to do something like that, especially because it's not 10 years after the heat. It's right dead center in the middle of it. And those were hostile you know? crowds back then. Everything was real to them. Yeah, especially if you watch him. If you ever see video of him when he worked for Crockett, which is where he started using the name Iron Sheik, those crowds were on fire and there wasn't the big metal barricade right. or any of that. It was a little rope, if anything. Um, so, yeah, it was crazy, the heat this guy got. Um so obviously Vince sees money all over him, so he brings him in. And um, he claimed that he had so much heat that a lot of times in the garden he'd have to get taken out in an ambulance. Oh shit. Like he couldn't yeah, he couldn't because I, I be believe surprised. the wrestlers park like across the street or something. I, the yeah, I think they like talked they, about that after WrestleMania one. Yeah, they don't park under it like a lot of arenas do. They have to cross the street. Right, right, <laughs> or, right. Or something like that. Yeah, but he would sneak out in an ambulance, which is an old trick. You know, that wasn't invented for him. Right. Um, Patterson used to do that in San Jose. But um, yeah, so that's how hot it would get. And he right away, like they obviously, just like how they had plans for Hogan that were obvious, they had plans for Sheik that were obvious. He went right after Backlund. Yep. Um, and... Um, 
Vince had told Backlund that his time was up. Like, sorry, man, we're going to have to have you lose the belt. But um, Bob Backlund didn't want it. What it was not the way they ran the territory back then. You didn't have babyface versus babyface, right? But um, Backlund didn't want to lose to Hogan. He wanted to lose to a legit shooter because you know Backlund was like he was you know a, a amateur wrestler and took a lot of pride in that and everything. So he was like, no, give me someone you know who's believable to beat me. So you needed a transitional champion to fill the gap between Backlund and Hogan. Yeah, it was both. You need a transitional champion, and Backlund wasn't going to drop the belt to Hogan. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they did a great job of protecting Backlund. They had, uh, like, a couple days before the match, they were doing the Persian Club thing. So Backlund's doing it, and Sheik attacks him from behind and fucks his neck up. And then it was um, day after Christmas. Sheik gets him in in the camel clutch, and Backlund had been selling his neck during the match. And he doesn't tap out, but Scullin throws in the towel. So they, you know, they leave Backlund looking strong, you know, relatively strong, but Sheik's the champ. And um, that was December 26th, January 23rd. He lost it to that no good Hollywood blonde jabroni Hulk Hogan. Fucking liar. It was that fast. Huh? Fucking liar. Who's a liar? Hogan, about everything. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know that, listen to our Hogan Lies episode. Right. And uh, kind of a, a little aside about that match. Word on the street is Vern Gagne offered. Now, this has been disputed by Greg Gagne. Vern Gagne offered Sheik $100,000 to break Hogan's leg in the match and show up in the AWA with the WWF heavy or WWF heavyweight title. And Sheik was the one who made that claim. And Sheik never backtracked on that. Like to the right. day he died, he said he was offered 100000 and um but he played ball and he said he's not gonna swerve on his boss Vince McMahon yep he was very and, loyal yeah he was loyal oh, yeah. and um he also was kind of weird he claimed that it was Vince senior that told him he was gonna win the title um and he also claimed he was paid a million dollars to drop the title which I don't believe that hmm. and Vince senior was totally not in control Vince had been in control for like a year and a half two years at this yeah point, that so. was his baby Unless Senior got him on the phone because he could reason with the Sheik. I don't know. I don't know why Vince Senior. And Vince Senior died from pancreatic cancer like four months later. So that might be Sheik's memory. That might be the, uh, you know, the 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 German beer of Bex <laughs> doing that to Sheik, which was one of his favorite beers. It's a good side story to that match, though, because that's the kind of shit that would go on back in the day, man. Yeah, and we did a what if on that. And you're, right. uh, so go back and check that out. But you're absolutely right. Like stuff, this was like late in the, you know, late in wrestling history for something like that to be happening. But you're exactly right. Things like that used to happen back in the day all the time. Guys were always going into business for themselves. Yep. You know, yep. that goes back to the beginning of time, you know, to the 20s. Yep. But yeah, I, um, now you have Sheik as a part of history because his title loss kicked off what was probably the biggest boom in wrestling history. Absolutely right. It went from, you know, like Vince always said, the smoke filled arenas to the, you know, stadiums. Um, You're you're right. You're absolutely right. It is the biggest boom in wrestling history. I know in the Attitude Era, like they were doing crazy numbers and they probably were actually getting better numbers. Well, that's why it's disputable, right? Because you had the Attitude Era, you had the birth of the NWO, the, you know, Austin 316. There's all these things that that were a boom in wrestling, but honestly, I don't know if there was anything bigger than Hulkamania. Well, if you look at it as like like a graph... And the jump it would have around 1985 yeah. is bigger than there's ever been. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it right. was insane. Like, it went from being very small time to huge, huge, you know, yep. um, it, it was a household name. Right. By the time it blew up for the Attitude Era, it was already huge. You know, Hogan was already 10 years right. 
uh, fuck, 12, 13 years, you know, into being Hulkamania. Yes. So yeah, you're you're totally right. Um, so then he, that, so that was basically he was champion for just under a month. Um, perfect guy to do it because it made it even better when Hogan beat him because Hogan was all, all American, you know, so he's got to beat the foreign heel. Right, and he broke the um, camel clutch. That was huge. He broke nobody out the camel clutch. Yeah, nobody did that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Hogan pinned him, boom, leg drop, one, two, three. And then Sheik goes, then he becomes just like an upper mid Carter for a while um, before teaming up with Nikolai. And some of the best stuff he did um, <laughs> in that era, and there, it's all over YouTube. So you guys listening to this, you have to go just type in Iron Sheik promo on YouTube because they were insane. His promos were fucking nuts. <laughs> and and they worked because like you thought he was insane. You know what I mean? Like you would want to watch an Iron Sheik match because you're like, this guy's fucking nuts. I don't know what he's gonna do to the guy he's gonna be in there. You know, I don't know what he's gonna do to Junkyard Dog. Right. Because he's clearly out of his fucking mind. <laughs> um so I'm gonna play a couple quick ones for you. Um so it was and it was always me and Gene interviewing him, which was great. Gene and mean. Sheik would usually Yeah, Sheik would always call him Gene Mean. And I've got two for you. One's uh, neither of them are long. So here goes the first one, and it's just fantastic. You've heard have you ever heard the expression man speak with forked tongue? You know, Gene Mean, you intelligent American, you've you. been in the library, you read about a lot of different countries, a lot of different athletic. I just want to ask you a very simple question. I don't care if you are Jew American or I don't care if you are all American boy, but I'd like to ask you a very simple question. Sure, go right Can ahead. you tell me very random and macrotondo what can a Pan American band, what Olympic band, what the AAU band, uh, what, the, the what, what, what international compete they had? Can you tell me anyone? Well, I would have to go back to the library to check that out and go back to the record. What do you mean you have to go to the library? You want to tell me? Are you dumb? Are you a fool? Magnotondo, very random, every intelligent American know, just like my manager, Mr. Velasquez, said, referee that Uncle Rufus was your cousin or whatever. That's because you're cheating us. No, you don't believe the uh, Mr. Velasquez, you don't believe the Nikola Volkov. I'm sure you believe Magrotondo. You believe uh, Barry Vandom. For sure you are another all-American Jew man. Well, thank you very much. Very Wow. <laughs> so there's a lot going on there. And a lot of it is stuff that she kind of was known for. Um, one was he always said Gene Mean. Gene Mean, yep. He would always talk about intelligent Americans. Which means Gene um, was one. Yes. He would talk about intelligent Jews. And he would constantly ask if whoever he was wrestling had ever won a gold medal, an AAU gold medal, or been to the Olympics. He would always challenge their credentials because he had the credentials and they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and it was constant. Like, every promo was something like that. Which is they why Iron Sheik versus an all-American Kurt Angle would have been so great in the 80s. Oh yeah, dude. If they'd been, if Kurt Angle had been fifteen years uh, younger, yep. you know, or Sheik, uh, or older Sheik, or Sheik had been younger, yeah, totally, yeah. Um, so here's another one. Have you ever seen the video where they bring, where Mean Gene brings the, the turkey in in the cage? Oh yeah. So it's turkey in a big cage. It's like a cage. It's not a tur. It's a cage for like a guinea pig. If you've ever seen a guinea pig cage, they're like short and wide, you know, long, because uh, guinea pigs don't climb, so they're not tall. It looks like a cage for a guinea pig 
and <laughs> there's a turkey in it for some reason. The prop person just heard Come on. Get a Help. I beg your pardon? Uh, listen, uh, Jim. Uh, yes, uh, Iron Sheik, the great 1984 turkey tournament. You're going to be part of it. You know, I really don't care about that stupid idiot turkey tournament. He reminds me look like Hulk Hogan. Look at his head. Look at him. Now, that redneck stayed down. Ah, I'm not interested in that idiot, that idiot turkey tournament. You potato the turkey. <laughs> So he, he so he, he starts like reaching into the cage and pulling the turkey out, right? He cut a promo on a turkey, yeah. a live turkey. <laughs> yeah, he reached into the cage, he grabbed the turkey by its neck, insulted it, called it an idiot. <laughs> the turkey was mean not an Gene, intelligent American. Yeah, Mean Gene is dying. He like covers his face. He puts his hand over his face, and I think he eventually walked off camera. He was laughing so yeah, he hard. He broke. He broke Gene Mean. Yeah, he did. I don't think they. I, I don't know if they aired that or not. I really don't know. And Someone then he slams just the fucking. Clip, but how could you he, not? <laughs> yeah, and he slams the top of the cage on the turkey. It was insane, dude. It was. It was one of the wildest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he's um, insulting the fucking card that he's going to be wrestling on to. He's like, fuck right, this tournament. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, fuck, <laughs> fuck the tournament. Fuck the turkey. Yeah. Fuck Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, and fuck Hogan too. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> while we're at while it, we're at he it, wasn't, he wasn't wrestling Hogan in that tournament. No, <laughs> no Hogan wasn't in the turkey tournament. We got to look up this turkey tournament because I don't really know. <laughs> right. I've heard of it. Yeah, we might. Need, I wonder if we can find a video of that. That's so great. Um. So then, uh, move ahead two years after WrestleMania three, um, and we have one of the funniest fuck ups of all time, in which. He's feuding, he and um, Nikolai are feuding with Hacksaw and the Killer Bees. <laughs> and he sees Hacksaw at the airport. He doesn't have a car because he doesn't have a credit card. So how the hell he was getting around prior to this, I have no idea. And he asks Hacksaw for a ride to the show, which is pretty far. Um, they're enemies. They should not be riding together. They shouldn't even be talking to each other right. in the airport. Right. Right. Um they get pulled over. A cop saw Sheik take a sip of a beer. They had beer in, in the car. Shocking. Um, 80s wrestlers drinking beer in the car? Drink a beer in the car, what? yeah. Um, yeah. So they get pulled over, and the cop searches the car. They go into the luggage. Hacksaw had weed, and Sheik had Coke on him. It was the so 80s, just saying. It was the 80s, yeah. Um, so they get arrested, and... They both get out. They get bonded out that night. They make it to the show. So they must have been running early. You know, they must have been about to be there way early. So they get released the same day. Um, they go to the show, work the show, and they're thinking, cool, nobody knows anything. And I think it was Hacksaw said the next morning it gets a call from his wife. And she's like, everybody knows about it. Fuck. It, yep. was, it was in the news. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so Vince fires him, and the reason Vince fired him is because they got busted rolling together. He didn't really care that they got busted with drugs. I mean, I'm sure that would, maybe they would have gotten fired for that too, but that was secondary. He was pissed, yeah, because it was still kayfabe. You know, this is '87, right? You know, and this is back then where everybody there are involved so in wrestling many people thought you could have taken a ride with. That is the wrong person, dude. Where I heard about Nichols? this as a like a 13 year old kid in '87. I heard about this, and I'm, the, yeah, my first yeah. thought was. Wait, why are they in a car together? Right, right. Because yeah, it's still real to me, damn it. 
Yeah, and where the fuck was Nikolai? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was nobody else on the same flight as him? Right. Why is he driving the Iron Sheik? Yeah, or the executioner or whoever the fuck. Someone, you know? yeah, Somebody. Barry O. Yeah, a, yeah, a fucking referee. Anybody but fucking Hacksaw. Like, that was, Hacksaw was the a worst person taxi he could have even, even, like, some other baby face, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Exactly. Like, fucking Paul Roma had been One giving him a ride. One of the camera guys. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, or, or the Rougeos or something. Somebody, yeah. But Hacksaw was the absolute worst choice. Because, like you said, they're feuding towards the top of the card. Now, keep in mind, this is the 80s. Where right. the foreign heel versus the USA babyface, that's one of the biggest matches on the card. Yeah, and they're totally. in a car together driving, you know, coke, weed, beers. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? What the hell's going on here? So in '87, that was a huge deal. Uh, yeah, and Maybe this was also to at the time their international differences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the same time, the company's expanding and going going huge mainstream. Um, the media is trying to expose them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because wrestling yeah. had never been this big. And so this is right around the time Stossel had done that fucking shit on 2020 with um, Dr. D and Eddie Mansfeld uh, went on there and showed how to blade yep. and all that. And they interviewed, I think it was 2020, they interviewed Captain Lou. And Captain Lou was like, no, nah, they never told me to lose, brother. You know, Captain Lou totally kayfabed it. It was great. Well, and let's put this into perspective too, right? If this happened in like 1983 or 1984 Mid-South, nobody mm -hmm. would have given a fuck. But this is happening in 1987, coming off of... No, this said, would totally... Of course they would give a fuck. In Mid-South? Mid-South in like 1983, 84? This would have yeah, not would garnered have... the same headlines as coming oh, off of no. WrestleMania 3 in 1987, dude. No, but if it had gotten local headlines, Watts would have fired, fired their ass. Watts would fire a, a, fire a wrestler for losing a bar fight. <laughs> right, but I'm saying, though, in terms of national media attention... Oh, you would have never heard about it on the West Coast. Never. Sure. Never, Absolutely. but you're coming off Absolutely. of WrestleMania 3, the biggest card of all time at that point, and these two guys are supposed to hate each other, they had just done a whole thing in the ring at WrestleMania 3, yeah, the national media attention on this particular event was huge, so totally. WWF had to save face and get rid of both guys. Yeah, yeah, Hugh Downs is like, told you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and meanwhile, like two years later, Vince is in court in New Jersey, like saying wrestling's a work because he wanted to be taxed as, as entertainment well, sure. instead of being taxed as a sport. Timing's everything, you know? right? Yeah, one, you know, once money gets involved, oh, no, it's fucking kayfabe, brother. Just kidding, brother. Yeah. Um, so Vince brought them both back. He brought Sheik back in 88, but he was out of shape. He was older at this point. He was like 48. Right. Because he was... He was not a young man. Um, he was younger than either of us. But um, he was like in his 40s when he was champ, you know. Um, he didn't start wrestling until he was like 30. So at this point, he was like 48, I think. Um, no, 88, he would have been 46. He was born in 42. So he would have been 46 at this point. And he's beat up. You know, he's been an athlete since he's 14. He's had injuries. Um, a multi-time WWF champion, though. He won the tag belts at WrestleMania 1, beat Backlund for the heavyweight title, as you talked about earlier. Oh, so yeah. I mean, he'd been the man. Right. He'd been the man. It was just like he was past his prime. For sure. But um, already had Hall didn't of Fame look credentials. Good. You know, and, and part of that was um, part of it was the German beer Bex, but it was also being <laughs> 48 and being hurt, you know, right. like being sore right. and just, you know, having injuries. So he worked a couple of house shows. And he was gone not long after that. Um, so that's 88. He goes to WCW. He's there for two years. And he kind of did the same thing. He showed up even in worse shape. And he worked some TV matches. He worked some house shows. I barely remember but, him, dude, because I would watch WCW slash NWA. 
religiously like reason, 88, 89, 90. And the reason you barely remember is because they basically didn't use him on TV. Right. They had to edit some of his matches because they were so bad because he was in such bad shape. Right. Um, so it was just kind of like, shit, you know, he's done. Um, we can't even use him on TV. But they they signed him to a quarter million dollar deal for one year. Sent him home. Sorry, Sheik, we can't use you, but you're already, you know, we're locked in for the year. We'll keep you around in case we need you for a promo or something, but you're not wrestling on TV anymore. Yeah, if somebody can't make a show, we'll call you in. Yeah. Now, I don't know who was in charge, who was the uh, John Laurinaitis of WCW at the time. I should have looked this up. WCW fashion. They did not realize that they had a... Uh, it was like a rollover. Provision, a rollover. There was a rollover provision in his contract that unless they cut him, his contract was extended a year. So he stayed home for another year for another quarter million dollars. That sounds like Lanny Poffo. Yeah, exactly. Like sitting yeah, exactly. at home doing nothing, making WCW's money. Yeah, it was, it was a quarter million dollars. This would have been 1989 into 1990, which, yeah. Adam, can you look up how much money that is today? Quarter million? On it. So they eventually cut him, and in 91, the Gulf War breaks out, and what do we need? We need an Iraqi heel. Yep, we need a flag-waving heel of the USA's biggest enemy. Because nothing gets more heat than a foreign heel when you know, they're from a country that's also a heel. Right, well, they booked WrestleMania Seven at the LA Coliseum primarily based on that. Yeah, and then they moved it, blah blah blah, well, because of terrorist threats. But they also they also moved it because nobody bought tickets. Well, yeah, there was no way they were going to sell that out, dude, because that that whole USA versus enemy country gimmick it it really fizzled out in the late '80s, dude. It wasn't really. I mean, yes, it was still hot in the early '90s, but not as hot as it was in like the '80s, and even like late '90s when you got into characters like the Patriot. Mm-hmm. That whole thing really had fizzled out to where it was like, eh, who gives a shit? And I think it was a, it was a, it was also a little bit of a situation where it was like go away heat. You know what I mean? It yeah. was like, no, we don't want to see this. We don't want to see the Iraqi on TV um, who's going to act like an asshole and get his ass whipped. We just don't want to see it. Yeah, they don't. You know? they didn't so care. People, yeah, they didn't want it. Yeah, people just weren't into it. Adam, you look like you uh, yes figured this out. It would be. Uh, five hundred eighty-one thousand seven hundred twenty-seven dollars. So let's just round up five hundred and eighty-two thousand dollars. I'd stay home. So for he got that. paid. He got paid uh, almost a million and a quarter to stay home. For for what's that? A million? Yeah, one point one six million to basically stay home for two years. For two years. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think he wrestled in like one Clash of Champions. This is fired NFL. Yeah, coach a couple money. TV shows, a couple TV matches, and a couple house shows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not a bad Greatest deal. Greatest deal of all time. For 1990, yeah. yeah. So they bring him in with Sarge. Sarge's the Iraqi sympathizer. But they changed Iron Sheik's name to Colonel Mustafa, which I always thought, even at the time, I'm like 13, and I know exactly who the fuck Iron Sheik is. Right. I'm like, this is one of the dumbest things they've done. I thought it was one of Vince's dumber ideas. Like, why would you... You didn't change Sarge's name. Right. Like, the Iron Sheik has a valuable name, you know what I mean? Yes. Why pretend he's not the Iron Sheik? Just be like the Iron Sheik uh, sided with Iraq. Yeah, he's the Sarge's you know, muscle. Now. Like, whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, that's believable. He, yeah, he could, Rank-wise, he could still be Iranian, yeah. but yeah. just be, it you know, like down with the Iraqis. Yeah, and I know Iraq and Iran didn't, they were enemies, but the average person didn't fucking know that and wouldn't know any difference. Yeah, they're flying a flag that's not the United States. We hate them. It's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, they were going <laughs> to boo Finland in a couple years, so what the fuck? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, right. Um, and it was kind of crazy because they had General Adnan, who was sort of their manager, because she could wrestle a little bit, but not much. Not you know, much he'd, yeah. he'd do like a squash match here and there, but General Adnan was kind of their manager. General Adnan um, had actually gone to uh, school with Saddam Hussein. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was like a legit Iraqi, and I think he might have... Well, I don't think Saddam Hussein grew up like a fucking aristocrat or anything like that. Um, but um, yeah, um, General Adnan... He, he had legit gone to school with him. Adam, can you look up General Adnan? Because he had wrestled before um, under a different name. Was it Billy Whitewolf? Was he Billy Whitewolf? Ooh, that's a good question. I remember him from the AWA. What was his name? Yes, there? Billy Whitewolf. Ad- Billy Whitewolf. Adnan was his name in the AWA. I think he was okay, a manager so we- there. I'm pretty sure he was a manager, not a wrestler. Okay, so he did a gimmick, like an American Indian gimmick, um, which he might have been the first dude uh, who wasn't Italian to do an American Indian gimmick. <laughs> So then, long story short, Sheik loses to Hogan, turns back to babyface. Um, I mean, sorry. Um, Slaughter. Sarge. Sheik goes off on his own, and uh, his last match was May 92 when he beat, do you know who he beat in his last WWE match? That would be Reno Riggins. The great Reno Riggins. The great Reno Riggins. Exactly, yeah. So, dude, you took some uh, good notes. <laughs> Thank you. And, well, yeah, and he was uh, jobbing out to Slaughter, too. Ain't that a bitch? He was, yeah. Yeah. Right. Slaughter turned on him and he was like, yeah, fuck, I'm going to go kick your ass now. Yeah. And so Sheik's kind of laying down for Slaughter. But yeah, last match, Reno Riggins in the WWF. Mm hmm. And then he was, so, you know, is, as far as anyone was, anyone was concerned, he was retired. He would wrestle indie shows here and there. Um, and it was just like he was on TV. He was out of shape. He was old. Um, now he's in his 50s. Um, he do, you know, he do shows like that, but nobody ever saw any of them. You know, there's clips of them and there's clips of them in his documentary and they're actually kind of sad to watch. Um, but Vince brought him back in 80, 96 to manage the Sultan, um, with Bob Backlund, which was actually kind of an interesting pair, you know, to put those two guys together as a manager. Like us wrestling fans that knew the history there were like, oh shit, that's pretty fucking interesting. You're like, fuck Bob Backlund. Right. Now we really hate him. Yeah. Really all it did was put heat on him. Yeah. You pasty bitch. Yeah, it did nothing for Sultan. Right. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, the more yeah, interesting then, thing was Backland and the Iron Sheik. Nothing to do with the Sultan. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah, yeah. Then he managed Tiger Ali Singh for a while, and then in 97, he failed what he called a medicine a test. A medicine test, yes. Yeah, he tested positive for cocaine, and when Vince told him he tested positive, his reaction was, yes, I knew it. Thank you. I'm the Iron Sheik. I test positive. <laughs> I knew I'd be positive. He loves cocaine. He was, he was, (laughs) he was thrilled because he thought a positive test meant good, (laughs) which was like straight out of a fucking uh, George Costanza in a Seinfeld episode. Right. He studied so hard for it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that was basically it for his WWE run. He came back at the, um, for the Battle Royal, the Gimmick Battle Royal 17, which we did a watch along of. So go back and check that out. Yes, earlier this year. And um, and a hilarious reason why he won, too, which you pointed out in that episode. He won the match because he was incapable of going over the top rope. Right, right. Yeah. And then the fans That's cheered him because they loved him. The fans, at this point, we loved him because he was just so great, you know, because it was... because. Because the wrestling, because the demographic at the show was just like us, right? So this 2001, it was a bunch of dudes who were like 22, 23, you know, you're older, obviously. But yeah, and at this point, you're like, yeah, I love those old heels. Like Rick Rude would have gotten jeered too. Totally. Absolutely, yes. 
Yeah, so we all love the Sheik at that point. And then Slaughter the Face comes in, puts him in the Cobra Clutch after the match, and people are booing Sarge. Yeah, right, right. Because we love the yeah, Iron Sheik. Not, Stop it. Yeah, it did not work at all. At all, yeah, they were like, yeah. yeah, right. Send the crowd home happy with a baby face doing his finisher. Nope. Right, yeah. JR's pissed at ringside. This defiant yeah. crowd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's our fault. Okay. So that's 2001. 2005, he goes in the Hall of Fame. We were there. You and I were there, Scott. You were there too, weren't you? Yeah, we, we were both there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was the night before 21 in LA at the Universal Amphitheater. Yeah. Um, and that, ha- I think that still to this day is the best Hall of Fame class we've ever had. It's the strongest. There's no doubt about it, dude. You could argue right, maybe 2006, but uh, I'm going to go 05. 2004 was good, too, because uh, they put in uh, Heenan. Right, right. And, I mean, that that on its own can can beat almost anything. Right. But, I mean, that 85 or that 2005 class, dude, that was almost like a who's who of 80s wrestling. It was it so really was. fucking strong, dude. Yeah, because it was Sheik, Nikolai, uh, Piper, Piper, yeah, Orndorff, Orndorff, Hogan, uh, Hogan. That might have been it. It didn't need much more than that. There might have been a manager yeah. like that went in, but dude, I mean, that is a literally a who's who along Hogan, with the biggest Piper, name of all time: Bob Orton, Jimmy Hart, Orndorff, Volkoff, and Sheik. There you go. Yeah, that is the strongest um, class of all time. That's fucking Sheik. loaded. Yeah, dude. In tr- in true chic fashion, he cut a promo, and he gave the greatest speech. Now, I've said before that Mr. T's speech at the Hall of Fame was the greatest speech of all time. <laughs> For this episode, really I, after wa- a couple I watched minutes, that presentation. I mean, it was beautiful. But after a while, it does get repetitive. Okay, but I would like is- a stat count. On those two Hall of Fame speeches, did Mr. T say mother more, or did the Iron Sheik say Brad Ringens more? Oh, mother way more because he started every sentence with my mother. Okay, but it seemed like Sheik started every sentence with Brad Ringens. No, that was only early on. I don't know, dude. I'd like a stat count on that. Okay, well, well. fortunately, I have a clip to play of his Hall of Fame speech where he does not say Brad Ringens' name. Oh, he makes it a whole sentence without him? Uh, several. So here okay. we go. This is the Sheik's Hall of Fame speech. And all intelligent, my wrestling fans run the world know I'm the first Middle Eastern, 1968. I come to the America, 1969, University of Minnesota, and I was an assistant coach for Olympic, Olympic coach Mr. Allen Rice, and I went to the Olympic Munich, Germany, 1972, and I was the first Iranian. I come to the University of the San Diego, 1971, and I, 180 pound, I come AAU champion. That means I'm a tour, Atlantic Union. Yeah. You must be so embarrassed. Um, dude, I had so much trouble getting these clips onto my iPad. I spent like hours on it today. Um, is it over? Oh, it's still going. Dragons, we go. Dan Chandler, oh, Brent and also the greatest one from Waterloo, Iowa, Dan Gable. Here we go. And everybody know about Dan Gable. Dan Gable was like Kurt Anger, 
the rare 190 pounds that time 1972 to and Kurt Angle, they know new generation Kurt Angle, but the old generation Khosro Vaziri, Aron Sheik, and Dan Gable. Yeah! I love it. Beautiful. It's so good. And if you watch the video of Kurt Angle standing up during this part. He loves it. And every everyone's laughing. You know what I mean? Uh, they show HBK. He's laughing hysterically. Um, Triple it was H just, is losing it. Triple H is losing it. It was just, it was fantastic. It was and great. You dude. know what's funny? You know what's funny? When I pulled the clip today, I got it from the YouTube. And I'm looking at Kurt Angle. And I'm like, why is Jeff Jarrett's wife sitting there? He wasn't in the company at the time. That's and I was like, oh, funny. shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, I totally forgot about all that. I was like, oh, Yeah, that was before okay. she was Karen Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> right, she was Karen Angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, greatest Hall of Fame speech ever. Um, put over, spent a lot of time talking about Dan Gable and everybody else. And, Brad and he called Hogan the Hollywood blonde jabroni during it. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that's like the headliner of that class. Yeah, Hogan, Hogan's coming out. I think next. Yeah. <laughs> and he called him the Hollywood blonde jabroni. He talked him. about the. He talked about Vern Payne offering the money. Um, and then he goes quiet for like two years and then he sort of accidentally reinvented himself. Howard Stern show, right? Well, it started online before that. Um, was it Twitter first? He had a couple of viral videos. There was the video where he went crazy at a convention on, uh, ultimate warrior. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yes. Yeah. He's screaming at warrior and fuck you. And the funny bit. I actually have a warrior figure signed from that convention. I actually mailed it in. Wait, oh, okay, where was it, Jersey? I don't remember the city it was in, but they had a mail-away option, and I sent it in for that. And then I read about sheet causing a ruckus. I'm like, that better not have fucked up my figure coming back to me. No, that would have been great. The figure's all bent and shit. <laughs> yeah. Sheik smashed it. <laughs> yeah, Sheik went over to say hi to Warrior. Just says, fuck Warrior. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Sheik went to say hi to Warrior, and Warrior was like, fuck, you get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. And Sheik just lost his fucking shit. And apparently Warrior had heat with Sheik because Sheik had said that Warrior was on drugs, which he was. Which he was. Um, which he was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he, I mean, he was on steroids. Shame on I don't you know for if he was on any. Truth. I don't know if he was on any fun drugs, but he was on steroids. For sure. Um, you know, we all saw that. We all saw him come back at WrestleMania 8. Yeah, people thought he was a different person. Yeah, it was like, hey, I heard there's a new Ultimate Warrior. It's like, nah, 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 nah. That's nah. yeah, the same guy. He drug tested him. <laughs> yeah, he's just not on the juice anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that video went viral, and then there was one, uh, another video where, do you remember when fucking Kramer, you know, Michael Richards went crazy in the comedy club yes, in L.A.? Yes, yep. So Sheik had some buddies who sort of handled his career from this point on, and they told him to do a, uh, cut a promo on Kramer, and that video went viral, and it was him just fucking Kramer up, and he's calling him Kramer, he's not calling him Michael Richards. <laughs> um, That's the funniest part, dude. <laughs> Yeah, he's called, and he clearly, it's funny too, because like you could tell he knows who, you could tell he watched Seinfeld, you know yeah. what I mean? The way he's talking about it, he seemed like he knew who Kramer was. Um, Should have just called him an and, ass man. Yeah, and then it just, he sort of went viral, and then he did a shoot interview talking about Brian Blair, and I'm not going to repeat any of the words he uh, called Brian Blair, but um, that kind of went viral too. Um, the only thing I'll repeat, though, uh, I'll allude to what he said about Brian Blair by telling you that he claimed that Brian Blair was worse than Michael Jordan and then corrects himself and says worse than Michael Jackson. 
Hmm. So, hmm. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Take that for yeah. what you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, uh, just to put it out there, uh, we don't approve of uh, a lot of these things Sheik said. No, these but, are um, his words, but it's a celebration of his life. It's a celebration of his life, and he did seem like he was a little fucking, you know, uh, loopy. But this gave him literally, <laughs> like, just tying into what you're saying, Eddie, this gave new him... New life. It gave him new life, almost a second yeah. career. He was able yeah. to, to to regenerate that crazy character from the clips you the played earlier with him with the Iron turkey Chief. in the cage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he got to reinvent that character and and introduce himself to a whole new legion of fans that this otherwise may yeah, not so, have known the Iron Sheik. I would say pretty right. much this is the Iron Sheik that did not have to be filtered for... Uh, Saturday morning. Yes, uh, not wrestling at program. all. He wasn't Programming. plugging cartoons or trying to sell his yeah. character at all. He was just yeah. being himself. This is now He's Iron Sheik, Sheik yeah. as he absolutely wanted to be. Yeah, and you're totally right. At this point, he started to reach a new audience. Yes. Carissa, I remember back. This, this be 2007. She asked me, "Do you know who Iron Sheik is?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I know who Iron yeah. Sheik is. He's awesome." She heard him on Howard, and she was like, right. "Dude, this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah, he's insane. He's um, hilarious." Yeah, so he started, Howard started playing the clips of him, and then he had him on the show, and then he sort of hooked up. He basically became, for anyone who doesn't, who's never listened to the Howard Stern show, he had he had a crew called the Whack Pack, and it's all the weirdos um, who are on the periphery of the show, the people who call in, like High Pitch Eric and Beetlejuice and Sour Shoes and all these people. Um, they're just these strange people involved with the show, and Sheik was never an official member of the Whack Pack because they had this very specific criteria. I don't know which one he didn't meet, but he was as close to being a whack packer as anyone. Almost an you know, honorary like t- member. An honorary member. Yeah, like Tan Mom is a whack packer. Right. You know, people like this. Um, and he ended up touring. So some guys who were regulars on the show did a comedy tour. And a couple guys who work on the show, Carissa and I saw him in L.A. I want to say it was 2008 or nine. Um, they called it the Killers of Comedy. And he came out on stage and just said a bunch of weird shit. You know, his regular stuff. Um, fuck the Hulk Hogan and fuck the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, people went crazy, right? People went fucking crazy. Yep. Yeah, it was some little comedy club uh, in Hollywood. And it was nuts. And my favorite part was he hated Beetlejuice. And for if you like, now we're going pretty deep into the Howard Stern show and I don't want to go crazy with this, but for anyone who's never, who doesn't know, Beetlejuice would be like, imagine if Eugene, imagine Eugene's brain in Haiti kid's body. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Nice. That's that's Beetlejuice. God damn, that's rude. Eugene's kayfabe brain, dude. Come on. Eugene's kayfabe brain. Well, you not not Nick Dinsmore's brain. Right. Eugene's brain. Yeah. Well, if people Um, watch late '90s WCW, they would have seen Beetlejuice on Nitro. Right. He got put in the Steiner recliner. Right. I think he also got hit with a guitar by Jeff Jarrett. He did. Yeah, so that clean. Yeah. So So they do a comedy tour and Sheik shares. Yeah. They so everything you see about Beetlejuice on on TV is he's exactly that. He's not playing a character when he was in wrestling. He's that he's fucking loco. Um I don't know what particular affliction he has, but he has something. Yeah. And they they end up making him uh, Sheik share a room with Beetlejuice, and Sheik almost beat him up in the room. There's a video of it. He almost attacked Beetlejuice (laughs) in the room. And he came on the show uh, like a week later, and he was like, all he does is talk all night and put himself over. Like he hates because he puts himself over. <laughs> so, and so he he says he knows Muhammad Ali. In prep and for fuck him. In prep for this episode, I listened to a bunch of uh, Sheik on Howard, Howard Stern. So it was the greatest. Oh, it was some of like, the. It, I think another one was that uh, 
uh, he always Beal Juice always took his weed and never sh- uh, shared it in return. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Beal Juice would smoke like, cheeks literally, weed. <laughs> literally, the worst night of sleep that he had was when Beetleju- <laughs> Beetlejuice just would not shut the fuck up. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people thought Sheik was like kayfabing, right? Like he was playing a character, and like I think he was a little bit. I think he knew what he was doing, but I think he also. He would rant. His main targets were Hogan, Macho Man, Warrior, and Brian Blair. Yeah. And if if you're like playing a character, why would you ever talk shit about Brian Blair? The average person has no fucking clue who Brian Blair is. Exactly. Yeah. They know Hogan you know and I mean? Warrior. Yeah. But Brian yeah, Blair. Yeah. If you've ever just flipped through the channels, you've seen those guys, but nobody knows who Brian Blair is. So right. I always thought this was serious. He really disliked these guys. Yeah. Um, and my favorite thing about Brian Blair is he, he was always say he would always say Brian Blair was gay, right? Um, and one time Bubba the Love Sponge was, I don't know if he was there or if he was on the phone and he was like, Sheik, why you always say Brian Blair's gay? Get off gay. Stop it with gay. He's not gay. He's married. He's got kids. He, he lives in Tampa. And Sheik's response was, oh, really? What about Ultimate Warrior? <laughs> Please don't disprove that one. <laughs> yeah, it was so fucking funny. Um. So quickly, I have a couple clips I want to play of Sheik on that show. Um, and these are fucking, he would just say the craziest shit. Um, so here is him talking about whether he ever had sex with Fabulous Moolah. Oh, no, she's too ugly. Yeah, I'll do schmack. I don't want to ass. <laughs> <laughs> he called her a douchebag. <laughs> I'm gonna play that. Play I'm it again. Play that again. Is that fucking? Is that fucking funny? Oh no, she's too ugly. Yeah, a uh, douchebag. I don't want to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, dude, that's great. Uh, it's the fucking funniest, dude. And then here's another one of him on the show where he cuts a promo on pigs. Pork, right. only lamb and goats and beef. Okay, because sheep and goats they eat grass. That son of a bitch, pork or pig, is uh, is uh, uh, dead animal and he is deadiest animal in the world. I respect the Jewish people. They don't eat pork. And uh, Islamic, we don't eat pork. We don't drink alcohol. Because <laughs> it's a filthy animal. <laughs> it's a filthy animal. It's a filthy yeah, animal. Yeah, the son of a bitch pig or pork. <laughs> I want to hear Samuel Jackson's character from Pulp Fiction and the Iron Sheik have a discussion about why they don't eat pig. Oh, I can probably do that. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'll try to put that together later. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, but there was another clip uh, where they just toyed around there of uh, Lily Tomlin going off in... A scene of something and then match it up with uh Sheik uh, just cussing out. It's like fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> oh, I gotta see that. That's great. Oh, it, it's it's somewhere. I definitely listened to it. But and dude, nuts. wasn't there um a point in the Howard Stern show where the Iron Sheik came in and Richard and Sal dressed up like the Killer Bees? They dress as they so they did a lot of that. Um, they the two of them dressed as the Killer Bees. <laughs> Um, because Richard was a wrestling fan, so he knew Brian Blair was a killer bee. Okay. Um, Sal dressed as the Macho Man, and Artie dressed as the Iron Sheik Jr., <laughs> who had just gotten a two million dollar deal working for WWE. Nice. <laughs> and they would just sit. They would just like antagonize Sheik, and he would stand. I tried to pull a couple of those clips, but it's a lot of yelling over each other. You know. 
Um, I don't think those guys pulled it off very well because they wouldn't let Sheik talk. Oh, okay. Um, and it was great too because Howard would get up and be like, "Dude, Sheik, he's talking shit about you," and get him riled he's, up. He's, he's um, poking the fire. Yeah, and another thing that was great was if you like, and like I said, I don't want to go too deep into the Howard shit, but I've watched, I've listened and watched him for year, 30 years almost. Um, Sheik was one of the very few guests who would come into the show that Howard would stand up and shake their hand. He almost never oh. did that. Every once in a while someone would come and he stood up for Rickles, Don Rickles. Um, he stood up for Mel Brooks. and But the average person, he wouldn't stand up. You know, he'd, he'd sit down with his mic um, hosting the show. No, his setup, she, it's like... Yeah, the, you're still a good uh, several feet away from each other. Well, no, what I'm saying is he he would show respect. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? There were a few people yeah. that he would stand up as a sign of respect, okay. and Sheik was one of them. And he said that he used to go uh, watch the Sheik at, at the garden Beach. when he was a kid. You know, with his uh, with his, he said his grandpa, I think. Um, so yeah, so that's how revered he was on the biggest radio show in the world at the time. Wow. And um, so okay, I want to get into his tweets, but I also have a montage of chic rants what do you want first uh let's do his rants because i think his twitter is okay the howard it, stern appearances were they took him to the next level but his twitter account is what kept him on that level so let's get to his rants first okay so let's here we go here's a, mon- here's a montage of chic uh rants why is my computer saying i'm out of application memory i hope you're not losing your recording dude no, it's, it, oh, it wants to close. Um, no, no, I'm recording on the recorder. Um, I'm just going to let this sit here. Okay, here goes my uh, montage. Fuck you! Son of a bitch! I'll bet you was here to I fuck your ass with that gentleman beer. I'll get the fuck out of you, too. If Mr. Donald Trump beat you, can he fuck your ass? While the Randy's another cheap juice, son of a bitch! I'll break your back, I'll fuck your ass, I'll make you humble! Break his fucking leg! I can fuck your mother! Do your prey, take your vitamin! I'll fuck you, punk! I can fuck your sister! I suplex you, I put in the camel clutch! What the fuck, Hulk Hogan? I beat the fuck out of you. I love that you put music to it. Yeah, his, his music. music. That's yeah. great. Yeah, what's well, not a montage without music? Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. If I, I ever mean, become a wrestler, I want that to be my entrance music. <laughs> With the sheik just ranting over it. It's beautiful. Oh, dude. I don't even know which of those was my favorite. They're all so good. They're all funny. good. I think my favorite is the Make You Humble. Like, I still that use that great. today. That's a classic. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. She coined <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, by the way, since you said she coined that, um, thank you to The Rock for um, going on Instagram and pointing out that Sheik was the guy who said jabroni first and Rock made it famous, but he stole it from Sheik. Yep. And it's now like a word that people, I remember that's another thing. Um, Sheik would come on there and call people jabroni and Carissa one time asked me what a jabroni was. And I was like, it's a, kind of a hard word to define. It is. Um, I was like, it's kind of like a hack, you know, a chump. Right. It's an insult word. But um, now it's like in the dictionary and shit. Yeah. You know, it's like a part, it's part of the lexicon because of The Rock, but The Rock stole it from Sheik and, uh, you know, props to The Rock for giving him credit. Yeah. And for getting that word over, right? Because if he hadn't used that during the Attitude Era and given his status, 
you know, we wouldn't have ever known what a jabroni was. Yeah, you know? exactly. But yeah, you're right. To turn around and give credit to the Iron Sheik, it's it's gone so far mm-hmm. now as to actually officially rename the Negroni as the jabroni. The jabroni. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. We've renamed a drink with it now. You'll need to post that recipe as well. And before you oh, get to, to kind of what you were going to go into with his tweets, Eddie, I do have a very quick Iron Sheik story. Okay. So as you know, I've been to a lot of wrestling conventions, signings, whatnot. I've been lucky enough, fortunate enough to meet the Iron Sheik on two separate occasions. First time I met him was in 2005 at a WrestleFest event in Newark put on by the great Kirk White, RIP Kirk White. Uh, Iron Sheik was a guest there, got to meet him. Uh, Alana was four years old at the time. And was scared oh, to death of him. Didn't want anything to do with him. Kept her distance. <laughs> Got a signature from him. There's nothing to really report from that. But five, six years later, we're at a wrestle reunion in Los Angeles. I can't remember if it was 2010 or 2011. Sheik has an autograph table set up. He's not part of a super ticket, so I'm not going to get his autograph. But Jeff was with me, and he was going to get a Sheik autograph. So we're in line. Dude in front of us has this gigantic tub of action figures that he was getting signed. And okay. out of this this tub, he pulls, and I don't know how familiar you are with the LJN figures, but they made tag team sets, and they were in this big blue box packaged together, and they had a set of tag team belts with them. The Iron Sheik's tag team box, obviously, 80s era, was Sheik and Volkov. The guy pulls this tag team set out. Now, this thing is, what, it was made in, say, 84, 85? This thing's like 25, 26 years old at this point. Pristine condition. Pulls it out and wants the Iron Sheik to sign it because I believe he already had Nikolai sign it. Pulls it okay. out, puts it on the table in front of the Iron Sheik. Now the Iron Sheik's handler is with him. Instead of like the Sheik just getting his pen and signing it, money's changing hands, whatever. Dude, Sheik opens up like a fucking auction with the dude. He's like, <laughs> I'll give you 250 bucks for this. The guy goes, no, Sheik, it's not for sale. Sheik goes 350 And the handler kind of looks at Iron Sheik like, wait, are we doing this? And the guy goes, no, 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 I just want a signature on it. It's not for sale. This is for my collection. Sheik goes, 450 <laughs> Now the handler jumps in and he's like, whoa, no, 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 no. Don't, no, he's not offering you money, sir. We'll go ahead and sign your figures. It's We're not selling the figures here. We're not going to buy them. And the guy's like, I don't want to sell them. Dude, Sheik was so, I think it got up to like 600 bucks. <laughs> Finally, the handler, like, he put the big kibosh on that thing. He's like, no, 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 we're not buying anything. Sheik, just sign it, please. The guy can get on his way. But he opened up this whole barterer with the guy. And I thought, oh my God. So we finally get up to the Iron Sheik, dude, and I'm still hella laughing. And I'm like, sorry you didn't get those figures, Sheik. He's like, God damn it, I tried. So that was like my one. Everybody seems to have an Iron Sheik story. That's mine. Was his handler the bald dude with the glasses? Dude, honestly, I don't remember. I don't remember him being bald. I remember it being just like a white dude. I think he had hair. I don't think he had glasses. Okay. But that was like his table handler at the time. Okay, so he had that manager. Um, it was a bald dude, kind of tall, white dude, bald hair, uh, bald head, glasses. And uh, that in that thing with the warrior, he fucking smacked the guy because the guy's trying to back him up and she fucking smacked his ass. Oh, shit. And then at least one of the clips in that montage that I played was him yelling at the dude. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, because early on when he came on Howard, that dude was with him and Sheik lit him the fuck up. No, this would have been around 2010, 2011. So I don't know if it was the same manager that he would have No, had. that guy was out of the picture. Okay, yeah, He's it gone. was a different dude. I'm pretty yeah. sure he had hair. And he was a okay. nice enough guy. He seemed pretty cool. You know, he seemed to have yeah. the Sheik's best interest at heart. Like he didn't- It was probably one of the major, the Majin boys. Those are the guys that he hooked up with. It was some guys, it was some, they, he, they, 
Sheik was friends with their dad or uncle when they were kids. They're from Toronto. Okay. And they were the guys who sort of took over his career later on. They're the ones who got the documentary made. And they would come on on uh, Howard with them later on and everything. And one of them was the one who actually would type his tweets. Yeah, he would do his Twitter. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's probably one of those guys. They were around at that point. Okay, um, got it. So if you watch the Iron Sheik documentary is on... It's on YouTube. It's either on... Oh, it's on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. So anyone who's not seen that, check it out. I watched it on um, Netflix or Amazon, whatever. Um, but uh, okay, if it's on YouTube, it's go on check YouTube it out. It's too, great. Yeah. Really good. Especially for being like an independently produced documentary. It's really good. Yep. Um, Adam, I just sent you a text of Sheik's tweets. Did you get yes. it? And can you read it? Okay, because I don't know why I didn't think about it till right now, but you're the one who should be reading these tweets in Sheik's <laughs> voice. <laughs> so, if you would like to take the last bit of the show, um, and uh, I have a little bit after, but if you want to get into that, if you want to... Okay, so uh, I guess uh, b- before I do these, like the sense that I got from uh, his Howard Stern appearances. It's like if a third grader finally learned five cuss words and (laughs) that was literally all he used. I Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually not... Everyone, you're a fucking son of a bitch. This is his next four months on the playground. And some of the other ones I'm not going to repeat, but I always think of... uh, uh, Dane Cook has this stand-up thing. Fuck is the best word because got the th- and the uh and the cuh. She <laughs> says it. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, gets into it. He loves it. <laughs> oh, it's it's absolutely insane. This guy. Okay. Um. All right. Just run right through him. <laughs> all right. So these are all tweets from the Iron Sheik. Is as if he said them out loud. And this is to give you an idea of what went on on his Twitter. Think outside the bun, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> Debt ceiling, I'll break your fucking ass. <laughs> Happy Easter to all the beautiful people, except that dumb son of a bitch, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and he would do, and he would do a lot of tweets like that like good morning to everyone except that dumb son of a bitch all broken. <laughs> fuck the Guinness Book of Records I make the world humble Veer I'm going to break your fucking neck <laughs> Veer's taking shit Tucker Carlson can go fuck yourself <laughs> And then 45 minutes later... Don Lemon, go fuck yourself! (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't give a fuck about party lines. Yeah. The Miz, you big-time jabroni! You lose to the Snoopy! (laughs) Which we were there. Uh, Whoever let the dogs out can go fuck yourself! (laughs) <laughs> and then and then the last yeah that was his second to last tweet and his very last tweet like hours before we found out he died fuck the wildfires <laughs> <laughs> and you know what chic i agree couldn't agree more so to sum it up um i got a couple drunk facts but to sum it up um he's one of the most iconic wrestlers of all time when you think about it like just go to work tomorrow and ask some random person if they know who the iron Sheik is 
odds are they're going to say yes. You know, maybe they never saw one of his matches they've or anything. They've heard the name, though. They've heard the name. That's how famous the guy was. I mean, he's got to be... Dude, he's probably a, I mean, he's a top ten easily most famous wrestler. Oh, for sure. Of the of the last of the last forty years, because you go back years and years and years. You know, um, some of the Tolos was more famous than or Gorgeous George. You know, guys like that were like insane famous. But last 40, 50 years, he's a top ten most famous guy of all time. Not the most successful or anything like that, but just a household name. Like there aren't a lot of wrestlers who are household names. He's one of them. Yeah, WWF um, made him a household name. Yeah, because he was there when they blew up. He was exactly. and he was a top guy. Top heel. He was there. Yeah. yeah, he was a top heel. Um, he was a big part of the cartoon. Yes. Um, and even like you mentioned this earlier, even if you didn't watch wrestling, you would watch cartoons on Saturday morning and Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling would be on. And maybe you didn't stick around for the actual wrestling show, but you would see the Sheik on there. And maybe to you he was just a cartoon character, but you were aware of him. Um, he was also a huge part of the early Saturday night's main events. You know, the first couple of years, like the Halloween, when we did that uh, watch along of Halloween where he was dressed up as fucking Batman. Dressed as Batman, right. Yeah, and for anyone who doesn't really know, Saturday Night's, Saturday Night's main event was huge. It was, um, it was in Saturday Night Live's time slot, and people would... This is before you would just, like, DVR shit or look on your digital um, menu. You would turn on NBC at 11.30 to watch Saturday Night Live, and sometimes it wasn't on, and Saturday Night's main event was on instead. And you're watching the chic, you know, like the numbers that show got were fucking huge because of its time slot. Yeah. So he was in a lot of people's um, living rooms on Saturday nights who weren't even looking to see him and they became aware of him. And then, like you mentioned earlier, the JBLs were fucking huge. Um, I'm sorry, the, the LJN's JBLs. <laughs> I've been drinking, if you couldn't tell. The LJN's <laughs> were huge, huge, you know. Um so some drunk facts, um, and the first one relates to the LJN. Um, he made $80,000 in the first quarter of the LJNs being on sale. Yeah, that sounds about right, because I've heard uh, Greg Valentine say the same kind of number for his figure. Yes. Yeah, that was his first payout. Um, he was the first Asian world champion. Oh, okay. Right. Um, and there have only been a handful. There's been, um, shit, Kali and um, Jinder. Yeah. Uh, Nakamura, Nakamura. Oh, Nakamura, that's right. Yeah, but there was very, very few. So he was a Yokozuna wasn't legit Japanese. So he was the very first uh, world champion in WWE from Asia. And uh, honestly, I'd have to look it up, but I don't think the NWA ever had a champion from Asia before that either. So he might have been the first overall champion. Um, one of my favorite things about him was he one time called Barack Obama Barack Obama. <laughs> As in Don Morocco. As in Don, I was going to say, with. as in Don Morocco, yeah. Yeah, he, he called he called him Morocco Obama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, he was on, have you ever seen the clip? He was on the Jerry Springer show? Yes. Yeah, I have seen he that. was on the Jerry Springer show. And man, I wish I had spent 15 minutes on Jerry Springer a couple weeks ago because he just died recently too. That's right. And in a, in a somewhat indirect way, he had more influence on wrestling in the last 30 years than almost anybody. You know what I mean? Like oh, the right, attitude, yeah. WWE in the attitude era was trying to be the Jerry Springer show. You're right. You know what I mean? Like May Young, uh, fucking Mark Henry. That's straight out of the Jerry Springer show. Right. So Sheik showed up as he was someone's girlfriend. He was someone's side some, piece. 
Someone he was someone's side piece, and he shows up in the whole gimmick. Yes, you know, the whole the gimmick. Yeah, yeah. he might have had the fucking title, which he always wore that title, but it was always the big gold belt, yeah. which he never actually owned. <laughs> he never, you know, he never actually, yeah. he actually never won that, but he would walk around in that all the time. And he came out of the Jerry Springer show, cut a promo on this fucking guy yeah, about him fucking your girlfriend, yeah. douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then to get into his championships, he was the Georgia Championship Wrestling NWA TV champion. He was the Maple Leaf Canadian heavyweight champion, the Toronto version. He was the NWA All-Star tag team champion, uh, the Vancouver version, twice. He was the New Zealand British Commonwealth champion. He was Portland tag team champion. He was WWE tag team champion. And he was WWE world champion. And the greatest of all his credentials, he was the Lord of the Anal Rings, (laughs) in which he won the Anal Ring Toss Contest. That's awesome. Uh, he beat Bubba the Love Sponge and Artie Lang to be the Lord of the Anal Rings. Fantastic. I don't, and if you don't know what that is, Google Anal Ring Toss. I mean, here we didn't think he could top being WWF champion, but... No, I mean champion of uh, the uh, Lord of the Anal Rings, you know. It, yeah. Yeah. It's all over uh, just So Howard used to have a game when he, when he was on there where he would have... <laughs> chicks would come in with a butt plug that had like a long stick extended out of it, and you would do ring toss with that and he he would try to get celebrities he paid to play them in boob and, jobs i know he's very common in that uh i don't know if he did that uh, i think they just paid him because they were like you could hire them for like a bachelor party so i think they just hired him okay. um and he would try to get celebrities to play it and most celebrities wouldn't play it of course emmanuel lewis was not interested nor was <laughs> um mr t and mc hammer also didn't want to play um but, but you know she, who loved it was uh, steve gutenberg who um, Steve Gutenberg loved oh, it. Academy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he played like four. Yeah, Mahoney. He played like four or five rounds. He kept losing to Artie. Um, and they were betting. And he like after a couple rounds, he was like, I got more money in the car. Let's do let's play again. Fuck, so Gutenberg awesome. loved it. Yeah, but Sheik beat both Artie and Bubba the Love Sponge in uh, the anal ring toss. Well, I know what game we're playing at your birthday party. All right, Adam, I'll show you how to how to position yourself. Dear God, man. <laughs> Remember what I said? Remember what I said? I'll bring the rings, <laughs> dude. Scott, remember when I said the Sheik episode we go forty five minutes? Yeah, I told you, dude. We're in an hour and thirty eight minutes. You were totally right. Yeah, whatever dude. your so estimates getting... are, at an hour. <laughs> All right, we're not getting that second episode done tonight, right. obviously. But that's uh, we'll okay. talk this after is a the celebration. Show. I, I do want. Yeah, I did not want to cut this one short because Sheik deserves every minute that we can give absolutely i want to mention a few things about chic so uh on uh pretty much his twitter is like a guess who of who he likes and doesn't like and it's one of the most bizarre things because like you just do not know his opinions about certain people or things so apparently he likes actor ken jong but fuck wildfires (laughs) Which would sound right, but just having his chic attitude towards that, it was just so weird. It, uh, And then uh, the first time that I really noticed chic for the character that he was, um, even though I've known that he existed, it was the Raw episode. I think it was an episode of Raw at Madison Square Garden when they debuted Burn It to the Ground as the theme song. 
Okay. Drunk fact about this particular Raw, this is when Kofi does a boom drop on uh, Randy Orton from the barricades. But anyways, yes, there's that. a cold open with Roddy Piper. He says, "One, like, welcome to Raw. I want to want you all to meet my friend, Louis Guzman, the actor. And then another New York celebrity, Iron Chef Bobby Flay. Iron Sheik comes out and just starts going absolute ape shit. <laughs> Roddy, Piper's going, wait, I said Iron Chef, Iron Chef, not the Iron Sheik. And, oh god and like i again i've seen iron sheep before but to, to the character that i understand him to be that you have uh, educated uh, uh me to understand of him that was the first time i noticed the iron cheek just absolutely going nuts give him a microphone and a camera and he'll light it up and absolutely yeah it, and to close this out um we we were using um there goes my hero by, or I think it's just called My Hero, by Foo Fighters. Uh, we got in trouble for that, so we're not using that song anymore. So, uh, fuck the Foo Fighters! <laughs> worse than the Hulk Hogan! <laughs> um, so, we're going to play you out with some Twisted Sister. Ugh, son of a bitch! <laughs> and there we go. That takes care of our episode dedicated to the Iron Sheik. What memories do you have of him, please? Let us know on our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. Please tell your family, friends, heels, and faces, and fucking serve a bitch jabronis to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review our show. On behalf of Scott and Eddie, I'm Adam, reminding all of you to enjoy Buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we will see you all next time for another great episode. One, two, three. R.I.P. Sheiky baby. Respect the legend. R.I.P. Sheik. We love you, Bubba. Yes.